Thanks for joining us and welcome back to the Watchman on the Wall podcast. Periodically, we'll bring you true stories of angelic encounters, heavenly visitations, near-death experiences, as well as modern-day prophecies that are relevant to us today. When we come back, we'll begin our next episode. Hello and welcome back to the Watchman on the Wall podcast. In a recent interview on the Daystar Network, Perry Stone shared his dreams and visions that he's had in the past for the United States as well as the world. We've had Perry Stone on this program before and some of these are repeats for some of you that have listened. But I think you'll find that today he shares some more of his visions as well as his father's visions of the future of America. And I think you're going to find that this is quite fascinating. So without further ado, here is Perry Stone on the Daystar Network. Hello, hello, my friend. Tony, so good to see you. Always good to see you. What a great family. And I want to say to anybody watching, this is a great ministry. It's reaching the world, and it's having results every single minute. Yes. Not just every day. Every pro- your programs are seeing many people say. Yeah. Thank the Lord for that. Well, you know, um, grab the book right there, Jonathan. The, yeah. um, the visions, um, the vision, visions. Uh, these are visions I know that the Lord has showed you. We talked about earlier on Table Talk, but I wanted to talk with on ministry now. Uh, tell some that haven't come to pass, but maybe talk about the a 9-11 vision that you didn't even know was going to be a 9-11 vision. In fact, when did you have that vision? In 1996 in Brooksville, Florida. I so, went, 96. Yeah. Wow. And, and I, I want to I tell this a little bit more in detail than what we've shared because you and Marcus called me the day after 9-11, if you remember. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I, I was very tired. I went to lay down. I put my head on my Bible on a bed. And I'm telling you, immediately within, I say, five minutes, I was walking up a street, full-color, three-dimensional, and there was a wall in front, a huge wall. I climbed the wall, and as I did, I saw a beautiful cornfield. At the end of the mm. field was a building that looked exactly like the World Trade Center. And did you draw a picture, or did somebody? No, there is. There's. I, I thought they put the one picture in the book, but there's several pictures in the book that do show this. I think we have one of the pictures that yeah, c- you had be. actually someone draw exactly and what you saw. It there night- it is. 1999 is when that was drawn, Joni. And it was so real to you. Yeah, and I want to keep that picture up because you see what looks like the Trade Center shrouded in black, but coming off of it were five gray tornadoes. And I told this on television. You remember, I told it on television. Yeah. Coke cans, computer paper were in these, and, and, and sparks were flying. And it was go- each one was getting ready to move into the cornfield and take out a row of corn. Retrospect. The wall I stood on was Wall Street, which was located near there. The corn was the economy that was going to be affected. Wow. The gray tornadoes was was the grayish. Remember when the buildings collapsed? It produced that gray-looking tornado look. Yeah. And there was you had Trade Center 1 and 2, which are the towers, the towers. Then the 3, 4, 5, 6, and 7 that were affected. There's your five tornadoes. So five buildings along with the Trade Center. And I never saw a plane. But I do remember running down the sidewalk barefooted. When you're barefooted in a dream, it means you're not prepared for something. 
because yeah. I, I had an outfit, but no shoes. So I knew it was something that was going to be unexpected. We were not going to be prepared for it. But I screamed out, let's get to the cleft of the rock. We've got to get to the cleft of the rock. The, the rock, of course, is Christ. And I knew that what that, the Holy Spirit was saying was something is coming. Now, here's the part that really messed with me. You ready? June 1996, the FBI later found out that Muhammad Atta and the others that were planning this were 30 miles from where I had the vision, looking into a small airport and learning how to fly. Wow. In other words, as I'm having the vision of what would happen five years later, mm. the very men are in Florida, several of them, I should say, are in Florida and looking at a flight school. And it should have triggered somebody because they came into the flight school saying, we don't want to learn how to uh, land a plane. We just want to learn how to take off. Now, who just wants to get in a plane, take off and not wow. to land? And I had a friend of mine. He happens to be Jewish. He lives in Israel. And he was at the airport that day and said, something is up with these men. Mm. Of course, you, you can't just report something if you don't have some evidence on it, of course. Yeah, yeah. And so that was probably the most dramatic moment. You and Marcus called me. Kenneth Copeland was on the set. And we talked about the, the corn was the economy. And, you know, it affected millions mm -hmm. of jobs, not only in New York. And that was a Schmitta year. Yes. Which is also significant, right? Very, very significant. Yeah. Uh, blessings or judgments usually happen on Schmitta year cycles. Which this is a Schmitta year. Exactly. And look at what's happening. Let me tell you something else. And uh, since we're on kind of this little theme here, years ago, when Hillary Clinton, before she ran against President Trump, I had a vision, not a dream. And I, I was in a town, we were getting on a van, and we looked and there was a straight road. And the road had an end to it at some point, but there was a straight road, right? This, this is really one of the most unusual that I've ever had. She was in an open field, there was no corn, it was, she was standing in a field facing the direction where the van was coming. And never forget, she had on a completely yellow outfit, the jacket and the pants, pantsuit, completely yellow. I had never seen her in that. And she was speaking, and as she's speaking, there are three tornadoes of equal size at the end of that field, and they start turning. Mm. And they're going to come toward her, but she doesn't see it. And as we drive by, I see her just speaking and speaking, but she doesn't know what's behind her that's coming. Then I transition to a city, and somehow there's a vote thing going on, and I see symbols in the heavens that represent states, and the state of Florida was one of them. So I, I wrote it down, and I, began, I, I even preached it once or twice. I said, I don't know what's going to happen. And then when you, when you start looking at it, you had the, the Russian situation, you had Benghazi. And as a matter of fact, you had three major things that came within 12 months that did affect her. And so help me if someone didn't send me the picture of her in the pantsuit. She actually had totally yellow on because they heard me tell it. Yeah. And they said, oh, she's got an outfit. She just did a speech in it. So... You know, God shows you visions, and one of the things that, if I can go ahead and flow with this a little bit, one of the one of the reasons is God does nothing on a national, state level, or even sometimes in the body of Christ, the local level, unless He reveals it to someone what He is about to do. Yeah. And a Amos says it this way: The Lord God does nothing except He reveals it to His servants, the prophets. Now, I don't consider myself a prophet; I just consider myself someone who has the ear to occasionally hear, and God uses that way. Old men will dream; dream young men will see visions. Some of these visions are a little older, and I'm having more dreams. So, what does that tell you? <laughs> You'll get it in a minute. That, old, old men will dream. That dreams. tells me that you're still young. Go okay, ahead. Okay, <laughs> Now, if I have a vision, I want to feel real good. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, I've, I've seen these very 
very, very strange things began to take place. And so God began to give my father, and I'm going to give you a little bit of background here. God began to give my father, uh, he was, uh, he, talk about a visionary. This man could hear from God. He could look at people and tell what tell you what sin they were in if they had not confessed it. And he would never publicly expose anybody, but he'd go to that person. And I have seen things that are abs- like William Branham level, mm-hmm. absolutely scary. When I grew up, Joni, I used to tell Marcus this. I said, Marcus, I can't go and do anything wrong because my dad sees it if I do. <laughs> and Marcus would just laugh because it's true. He would see things. And he began to share some things with me that he saw that was coming. And we would write them down. Uh, I began to see a new, numerous things, and I wrote them in a journal. And here's what happened so people will understand why I finally put this in the book. The reason I did not share it is I try to be a positive person. I want to preach the coming. I want to preach the rapture. I want to tell them, you know, yes, the tribulation is coming. But I want to give people kind of a hope to turn to the Lord, trust the Lord. Right. And these had places in them. I knew where I was. I knew where I was standing. Uh, One of them, for example, was years ago. I stood on the coast of Louisiana. I saw the ocean. I saw the oil rigs, uh, platforms, oil rig platforms. And I saw one where a tornado starts spinning on the platform and oil going everywhere. It then shifted to five things that would be affected. I saw trucks. I saw empty restaurants. I saw empty mom and pop shops. Nobody going to them. And I saw five things that would be effective. And I realized something's going to happen off the coast of Louisiana. I called a pastor. You probably know Dino Rizzo, Brother Mm -hmm. Dino. They used to be at Healing Place Church. He was at Healing Place Church then. I said, Dino, you're going to have an oil rig problem off the coast of Louisiana, and you all need to get ready for it. And two years later, if you'll remember, that rig exploded. The oil was pouring out from under the ground. They were calling it the worst disaster, and they were predicting all sorts of terrible things. And everything began shutting down in Louisiana exactly the way I saw it. So the Lord prepared him and his church. He actually prepared things and told me later, you know, we, we had food going on. We had water and different things of that nature. And we went to his church and I had the original paper. I still have it. I should have brought it with me if I knew we were going to do the programs. But I have the original paper of the vision with the drawings on it. And I told the church and I said, tonight... They're predicting this is a disaster that will go on for months or years. It will not. Tonight, we stop it in the spirit. And we asked God to stop that because it was going to be an, just a total disaster for Florida, Alabama, the coastal areas, you know, Louisiana. And a man was in his bathtub. This is the story I was told one month later. And he put the plug in the tub and he pulled it out and he realized, oh, my goodness, we can stop that. And they plugged it. And it was the end of it. We'll be right back with more of the visions of Perry Stone after this. Please join us on the Watchman News Network. It's a video news presentation of relevant stories dealing with end time topics. Just subscribe to the Watchman on the Wall podcast on YouTube and you will instantly have access to our latest WNN report. That's the Watchman News Network, exclusively found on YouTube. We return now with part two of our podcast with the visions of Perry Stone. And so the, the thing I want to say is that I, I started looking at certain things that were very troubling. I know they're going to happen eventually. And the Lord spoke to me 
it was probably last year about this time because the book was finished in October. He said, now, if I share some, if I tell you something and I give you an actual vision, you're supposed to be a watchman with it. And I said, Lord, but some of these things, I don't want to tell people a tsunami is going to hit a certain city in America. I've seen it three times, but I don't want to have to tell the city. That, that depresses me to tell people. Hmm. And he said, you're a watchman, and I'm going to hold you accountable. If it comes, you, if you speak it, I'll tell people what to do. I'll protect them. I'll tell them how to get out of the way. But he said, if you don't tell it, what if they're caught off guard? Hmm. And I'm telling you, it scared me. Mm -hmm. And so we got together and I got dad's old dreams and I had a journal called a dream journal, vision journal. And I got together and I, I put it together of what we believe was gonna happen. No, the weirdest thing was, and I'm telling you, this was bizarre. Russia had not yet made their major move. But when that happened, three things began to take place that are in the book. And I'm not gonna go into detail of these because we'd run out of time immediately. Number one is food shortages. When they began to talk about that the Black Sea was locked up and you couldn't get things in and out, the fertilizer that comes from Russia and the Ukraine that comes to the United States, right. our fertilizer prices have gone up so high that in Tennessee, they're not farming, they're not trying to, mm. they can't farm. They can't afford to farm and sell because it's gone up and they can't get it. All right, that's point one. And that was my dad's dream of a food shortage in America mm -hmm. before he ever passed away. Right. And again, that, that'll be part of the story you'll, you'll read. The second thing was a nuclear tower. Now, Pam will remember this from many years ago. I Pam saw- your lovely wife. Yes, she's over there, over there in the audience, <laughs> my, lovely, my lovely dear wife. Uh, there were nuclear towers, cooling towers. And I saw them and I looked and they started spinning like a tornado. When they did, I'm in a field, and the field can represent the world in the parables of the Bible. And I see the bulls. I mean, they are bull, They look like Texas longhorns. They are bulls, and they are running massively. I see what they look like. I see the type of skin they have. And all of a sudden, I realize that's the stock market. It is going under because of what's happening at these towers. Wow. Well, and again, I'm abbreviating it quite a bit just to give you the basics. Well. All of a sudden, we start hearing that there is a nuclear power plant in the Ukraine that Putin is even threatening to do something there to cause a nuclear disaster. Now, that sounds like something in a movie that would never happen, but who knows? But I do know there's something connected. I also think it could be an Israeli attack on Iran on their nuclear program, right. and that, that would cause problems as well, right? Right. Because they're not going to let them have a, they a, can't. a weapon. No, yet. you, can, they, you they cannot afford to let them. Because they promised to destroy Israel if they get well, one. Well, and the United States. I mean, we're, we're the big Satan. They're, they call Israel the little Satan. Yeah. And you can't allow that to happen. And wasn't, wasn't there some kind of drill they just did? Oh, I think they're always doing Like drills. chariots of fire, I think it was called. Yeah. In preparation for some of the things we're talking about. Yeah, and Israel does drills when you don't know they're doing they're drills. They're always doing drills. They're always doing yeah. When you hear all these planes flying all over the place, you know they're practicing for something. Yeah. And um, so so that was something. Now, so the farming, I mean, the food shortage. The spinning towers. And the, the, the nuclear. And, and then what was the and, third and one? And the biggest one. And how much time do I have? Because I don't want to run out of time. You have plenty of time. Do I? Yeah. Jody says we have plenty of time, ladies and gentlemen. You all heard it. <laughs> all in the studio heard it. Okay. That's right. The most bizarre thing that ever happened to my family, me or my father, period, was in Troutman, North Carolina. And I, look, my hair stands up every time I talk about this. It just gives me that, you know. He was asleep in the bed, pastoring a small church there. And a man stood in the doorway about three in the morning and said, Reverend Stone, Reverend Stone. 
and he woke up, but he thinks he thinks he's dreaming. Or maybe he's seeing a vision. He said, would you please give me a few moments to talk to you? I've been sent with a message. And dad said, okay, just a minute. If you're right out, right out in the little area there, which was the living room. So dad put his robe on. He thought, boy, this is strange. So once again, he thinks maybe I'm just having a, a, a vision or something. So he, he, he saw a man in a suit at three in the morning. And he said, I, I can't describe him in detail. It's a little bit dark in the room, but I can see him. So I walk to my office. He follows me. He stands outside the door and talks to me without coming in the office. He stands up. Dad said, I sit down. I take a piece of paper. He said, I want you to write. The Soviet nuclear submarine services will eventually strike the United States of America. This man goes into the most vivid detail of the type of weapon, the submarines, where they are, how far they are, how they are hidden in barrier reefs, how that the, they, they take Russian shrimp trawlers and put them over these areas. The subs get under there and they surface and the, the, the sub, the, uh, those in the sub dress casual and get on boats and do R and R in certain islands of the Caribbean. They think because they think they're fishing trawl, they, they're, they're fishermen. He also gave the code name, which I'm not going to give on national news. A uh, national, I said national. This is national news in a different way. Um, but I, but Na- anyway, on the national good news. Yeah, national, national good news. <laughs> the good news, the real news. Yeah. yeah. And so um, he then described to him the cities they were going to hit. There'd be four major cities, and what they were going to do. They did believe. They believed. This is what the man said 40 years ago this year, and he said it would be a Russian attack. But he said they believed that the United States administration is so weak. Now think about that 40 years ago. Yeah, wow. That they will capitulate. They do not want a nuclear war. They do not go to, they won't do it. They were not gonna go to war. So we will sign a contract with them and and say, we can never let this happen again. So they're believing the United States will capitulate because they want the farmland in the United States. And, uh, so what about Bill Gates buying all the farmland? Well, it's interesting. It's not just farmland. It's the water, too. All the, it's buying a, the water? There's a, well, there's another man, not Bill. Now, he may be. But there's another man that I won't name that they've already told, told me that in the Midwest, every aquifer, he's getting a hold of it. He's buying the property anywhere there's an aquifer. What, the point is they know what's coming. And anyone who's wealthy in, in the billionaire level that knows what's coming, if you've noticed, they put their money where it will go two, three, four years from now. And they know that the food situation is, is going to be serious. All it takes is, all it would take, for example, is the new Madrid fault line, and you cut off everything from the food supplies of the Midwest and West to the East Coast. So you're saying the submarine thing hasn't happened yet? The man said to my dad, there's one man in Washington, D.C., I want you to tell everything I've told you. And again, I've never felt free to release the man. Dad would never let me mention the man's name. And this is 40 years ago. He said, write him a letter. He'll be the only person that will believe that I've talked to you. And he said, but who are you? He said, that's not important. So my dad said, as he wrote the last, I have the original paper that dad wrote this on. Wow. When he wrote it down, my dad started weeping, just convulsively. And he went up to find this man and every door was locked in the house Mm. and he wasn't there. Mm. And one of the things he did say was that Russian students had come to the United States to the universities and had taken the maps, the sea maps of the sea lanes, 
and the, uh, the, all, the, all the information related to some of our universities and photographed them. And that's how they knew exactly where to go, how deep it was, how where they were located was from the maps that the students had taken. We'll be right back with more of Perry Stone and his visions right after this. Hello again, this is The Watchman. Please join us each week for an exciting and inspirational podcast dealing with angel encounters, heavenly visitations, near-death experiences, as well as modern-day prophecies that are relevant to us today. So tune in each week and share it with your friends. After all, they could use a little inspiration in their life, too. That's The Watchman on the Wall podcast, and now you can find us on YouTube. We return now with the conclusion of the visions of Perry Stone. My point is, I had someone tell me, I, I cannot give names, places, identity, or what they're, the department they're with, but they did visit me and they did say to me, we're very concerned, and we're talking about now this year, we're very concerned about the winter in Europe, the way it's going. We're concerned also about Russia and their winter as well under the sanctions. Yeah. Because if there is an attack, if there's an attack on the United States, and I want to tell you what they said to me, it would be New York City, and that would be the, the main city that would be attacked, which is considered the economic center of the United States, and it would be sometime this winter. Yeah. And this is a person who tracks things. And again, not classified. No one, no one ever gives out classified information. And so a lot of the, the tragedies, I mean, there have been a lot of things that have happened this year. Yes. Here in America and around the world. Totally, Disappointing, yes. like huge losses for America with the present administration. And we, yes, we need to pray for all administrations. So I'm not just saying the truth is the truth concerning that. But a lot of the things that would happen in, in Schmitta would be like around November, wouldn't right. it? And yeah. why is that? Is that the, is this the end of it? Yeah, I think, I think, now you know right now at the time of our taping, we're in the seasons of Teshuvah, which are the 40 days of Teshuvah of repenting and turning, making things right, telling people may your name and be, be inscribed in the book of life. So Roe v. Wade would be one point of repentance for America. Yes. Any, because of anything what Anything that we're doing, Christians should know this, anything that we're doing, this is the season where Moses went to the mountain, came down after 40 days, broke the tablets, went back up, and God spared the nation because of his intercession. Right. So that's the season we're in now, that extra 40 days. Now, from, the, from trumpets to the Day of Atonement, it's called the Days of All, and that's when uh, devout Jewish people have taught for years that God makes decisions for the next year. Mm. And that's why you always see things start happening after the Day of Atonement. Always happens in my life. Me every, too. Every, right? My biggest breakthroughs happen at this season. Same. Isn't that true? Uh, absolutely. And then you get to the I told Rebecca, I'm like, it's, get ready because it's coming because it, it happens yes. every year. And we get our greatest blessings, Joni, in this season. But then we start seeing anything that is following up in the spirit happen. Okay, what else is coming? Let's talk about what's coming and also... I know that you had a vision about through the television lens. Oh, Germany, through, through the camera Germany. lens, there'd be revival. That's the big one. That's a big okay. one for before, Daystar, right? Before, yes, yeah. and before COVID. Okay. I'll go through this real quick. I'm standing at our little prayer center in Omega Center National, a little room, looking at the camera, and God tells me before COVID, revival's going to come through the lens of a camera. I got excited. I told everybody I had no idea what it meant. A few months later, guess what happens? 
Every church has to go and do camera internet with no congregation, some for a year. I got a call from a very large nation. I won't tell where it is. It's in the Middle East, right? Yeah, yeah. And they said, we want to knock on doors, invite people to hear an American preacher give them a message, and we're going to put up a big screen. And you sit behind a camera. And when they said it, I went, oh, my goodness. <laughs> We've had 100,000 people saved in two years doing these about wow. every other Wow. First From one country. Just they interpret while I preach, and then I give an altar call and baptism of the Holy Spirit yeah. and healing. And so this is going to become more common. And see, I don't have to fly over there, go through security, get yeah. security to take yeah. care. You know how that goes. It's just like we're sitting here and we're reaching Going around the, the world. whole world. Yeah. And we can allow through that yeah. lens, the Spirit yeah, of God exactly. can jump exactly. right into where that room, where and they Joni, are. Just so they'll yeah. know, we have talked to Daystar and Joni about doing some West Midwest meetings yeah. in auditoriums and the Daystar Singers coming. Yeah. So those yeah. of you that live in the West, in the West and Midwest, and you need to keep that in mind, because we're going to do some, we're going to do some meetings like Marcus used to love to do those. Yes. And that's something I've felt the Lord spoke what to me. What one state are we definitely going to do? I think we're going to get, we're looking at doing Utah in Sandy, Utah yeah. in uh, July. Yeah. And we're, we're working on booking so that. So people one. can w- look at that on your oh, website and see great. what's coming. Okay. So talk about what you saw that hasn't happened. Well, there's an, there's actually an, a series of things. I think the thing that stirs me the most though, honestly, is the, the, the visions of the tsunamis because these are so clear. In every dream... And when did you have these pairs? Oh, for years. Now, this, this has been going on for five years. Okay. And uh, I had the most recent one about a month ago. But I, I, I will kind of give you... Let's just look at one of them. In several of them, I'm in a building. And then I look out uh, like, like an ocean area, a water area. Some of it's not an ocean. It, it's an inlet near an ocean, you know, where water really comes in. And I see a massive wave coming. Massive. And then in the other ones, I'm in Baltimore, Maryland, and I'll just tell where it was, and I'm in a house, but the tsunami's not coming in through the wave hitting. The wave has come in, and now it's filling up the water and causing the water in the inlets to to get high. And I remember three things. One, I see the water coming, and I know what's happening, and I scream it out, a tsunami. Number two, I'm always saying, get to the highest part of the house, but grab food and water. In several of the dreams, I'm actually going to the bathtub and the sink, and this is important to hear this if this ever happens, and I turn the water on immediately to fill the tub and the sink up with water because once the pipes break, the water will become, you can't drink it. And if you don't have bottled water, you're in trouble. So you fill those up as soon as you can, as soon as you see it coming, and that's what I did. And then we were grabbing and just throwing snacks and fruit and anything that we knew that we could eat because we, I felt like that there would be damage to where you would not be able to get out in the roads like you know you normally would. And uh, so you think this was an actual tsunami or some type of spiritual tsunami? You know, Rhonda Davis asked me the same question. Of course she did. Me and Rhonda Davis. You, you all think you and, you and her and Pam think alike. <laughs> and and that question has come up. I don't because I know the fear it involved and the fear on the people. And then mm-hmm. I saw bodies. And this this one, this one I saw was, uh, I'm not going to name the state. I'm just not going to do that. But it was so huge that people weren't paying attention. The water receded. Now, let me just give you some advice. This is practical. If you're at a beach, ever at a beach, and all of a sudden you see the water going out, don't stand there and say, wow, that's crazy. It's a tsunami coming. And it might not be a foot, two or three feet. It may be big. But get to, as fast as you can 
to the highest building you can get into. If like you're at a duplex, go to the second story. If you're in a hotel, go up, you know. And um, So I'm thinking Baltimore, Maryland, like that's really close to like Washington, D.C. Very, very close. Yeah. But this one was weird because I knew the house I was in and I knew it's off the water. Yeah. But the tsunami wave didn't hit the house. What it did, it brought the water in and the water was coming into the street just higher and higher. And that's when I said, let's get to the, let's get to the second mm -hmm. story. I do know this, and I'm going to give you a, a final word here that when I was at the camp meeting and the Roe v. Wade was overturned, the Lord gave the strongest prophetic word. I haven't had this happen to me in years. And here's what he said. And I'm going to paraphrase it. This is the opportunity for America to turn. This is the opportunity for his people and others to do the right thing. If they try to take this law of protecting babies and overturn it, then that's when the tsunamis are going to start hitting. Hello again, this is The Watchman. Please join us on our new video channel called Encounters from Beyond the Veil. It's the same exciting content as our audio podcast, but in a shorter, but yet a video format. Also, please subscribe so you won't miss any of our episodes. That's Encounters from Beyond the Veil, exclusively found on YouTube. Well, thanks again for listening, and if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends. Any comments or suggestions you may have you can send to the Watchman on the Wall 2020 at gmail.com. We encourage you to subscribe so you'll always be notified of our future episodes. Well, thanks again, and we'll see you next time on the Watchman on the Wall podcast.